Welcome back to episode number 35 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff the NP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, so keep the questions, comments, concerns, issues, show topics, all that good stuff. Send it to me. Keep me posted what you guys want to talk about. I'm going to be your mouthpiece. So if there's something that's a burning, just churning in your gut question, you need it answered, um, I may not have the answer, but we'll find it out, right? Together we'll talk about it. We'll figure out, at least find the best approach to find the answer. So keep those questions and comments going. Facebook likes, man. It went to like 501 to like 531 overnight. So I got a lot of people spreading the show. I was on Facebook a little bit yesterday throughout the day, posting here and there, uh, nothing major. And it was a huge day on likes, man. That was awesome. So if you guys are sharing the word, I appreciate that. One other housekeeping thing was um, somebody did tag me. And I saw the tag, but they tagged me personally and they tagged the NP dude. And I'm not sure which one showed up or both. I don't know. So try tagging me with just the NP dude and then tell me that you did. Go message me afterwards and say, hey, I just tagged you. Did you get that? Um, and that way I can see because I, I appreciate you doing that. I know I, it's a person that comments to me and sends me messages and stuff. Um, and I appreciate you doing it. I just don't know which one it was. And so I don't know if I can I can tell or not. But I did get notified, but I think it was because of my personal, not the end at the NP dude. But I did see that it was bold, so it should have worked. So hopefully it is working. So somebody try it. Let me know. Tag me in Facebook and let me know if the NP dude is uh, is taggable. <laughs> if that's a word, taggable. I don't know. Anyways, what are we going to talk about today? Right? I'm I'm just kind of it's kind of like a blah day. It was nice yesterday. I was outside doing some work. Um, got the day off un- kind of unexpectedly and. Um, so I got some things done and uh, around the house, and it was kind of a nice day. It was warm outside. It was sunny. Ugh, it felt like spring already, even though you know we technically are springish, I think. But today it's snowing again, so it's Ohio. Welcome to the weather here. So it's kind of dreary. What do I want to talk about, right? Let's talk about something upbeat. Let's change our mood. So what are we going to talk about? Let's think about this. Um, and I don't have a show idea. I'm just going to go with it. What What is everybody talking about on Facebook? What's the biggest thing I've been seeing? I've seen multiple people. Yeah, let's do this. Multiple people have asked or made this statement. I want to start my own my own business. My what do I do, right? And I've and I've talked about the differences between an LLC and an S corp, and you know some of the basic process of what you do to form the company itself. And I talked about that one in one of the previous shows. Go look it up. Use the search tool on the website and just type in LLC and it'll pop right up. Or corp, corporation or anything like that and it'll come right up. Um, but as far as healthcare, how do you, what, do you, what do you want to look at? What, what are some of the things that I would do if I was going to say, you know what, I've got my experience, I'm, you know, I've got maybe a, a decent client base that you know, maybe they'll follow me, maybe they won't, I don't know, or I've got an outlet to find uh, patients in some format, uh, how do I set up my company? Well, here's the biggest thing that, that I would make sure that I have before everything else. There's a couple main things that I would do before I would even consider is this even viable? The first thing I would do is I would talk to my accountant. I would talk to a, an accountant that is a business accountant, not a, the CPA that does individual tax returns. Even though they probably could do it, I would talk to a guy that's in the you know in the business. Talk to uh, you know another office manager and say, "Who's your accountant that you guys use that you trust? Do you like them? Yes, okay. Then you talk to that guy. That's who you want." And when I say guy, it could be a girl or whatever. 
And the reason I would do that is because you need to figure out all the expenses, especially tax related, of how you um, want to set up your business to even see if it's even worth your worth your time. I mean, that's going to be one of your biggest costs. The other things that you're going to do, and they'll be able to point you in some of that direction, will be <clears throat> what are some of the things that other people in this industry typically write off because they're the ones that do the taxes. So they'll know. They, they won't tell you if you know uh, a health insurance policy is a good policy or not, but they'll tell you that you need to get a health insurance policy, and they can itemize some of the things that you're going to be like, ooh, I didn't even know that existed, and I needed that. And so you're going you're gonna to get a lot of information from them. Now, what are some of those items? And we've talked a little bit about this in, in uh, the negotiating your you know, contract as a contractor status. But what are some of the main things that you're going to want to look at? Well, you got your health insurance is a big one. If you're, if you're the provider for your family, if health insurance, that's a big cost. So you got to account for that. What else are you going to account for? Um, you've got uh, your 401k or 403b or any of that good stuff that you're going to do. Now, as a, as a company owner, guess what? You just bought yourself multiple professionals that you're going to rely on. So you're going to have an attorney. You're going to have a general liability policy. You're going to have a malpractice policy, which a lot of us already have, but you're going to have one for sure if you're on your own. You're going to have um, other expenses that are going to be just the cost of you doing your job. You take it for granted when you go to a place and show up and it's not a big deal. Um, you know, you just get paid and go away. You don't even think about all the overhead expenses that go along with the cost of doing business. Your support staff having to hire them. All the taxes you pay for them is a huge number. Um, and you may not be able to get to that point right away. You may have to put that on a shelf and say, that's in my five-year plan. And you're on your own. You're doing your own blood pressures and getting your own heights and weights and stuff like that until you get enough people in there. So what else could you have? You could have um, expenses that are related to just overhead in general, like uh, lights, power bills, gas bills, Rent is a huge cost. Now, you could always say, and I see some people say, well, I'm buying my own building right now. Well, that's great, but the problem with buying a building, and this is when you talk to your accountant, is that you get you have to depreciate the value of that building. You don't get to write off the expense of that. It doesn't go against your taxable income. You can't, it does, but you have to you have to do it declining, and it's usually a double declining, and it's like a 28-year, I mean, it's a long time for you to write off the value of a building. Because buildings typically don't go down in value. They usually go up. So they've made this really long number. Any of your expenses that you have, like uh, computer, office equipment, copier, fax machines, um, all of that stuff you can write off. But it's equipment, so you have to depreciate it. Depreciation means you only get to take a certain amount of the value of it over each year for a number of years set by the IRS code. And most computers, I think, I don't know if they changed it, but it used to be five years. Tell me how many how many people can use a computer for five years before the technology is too outdated. I mean, some people can. I do at home, but that's because I baby the heck out of them. So your computers, you're going to be able to write them off, but you're only going to get a certain amount in year one, certain amount in year two, and you get a double declining or a, a, a straight declining or whatever one you want to pick, but you can pick multiple different schemes for that. And that's where your account comes in. So all of these things are line items. Now I would go and do a spreadsheet. If you don't know how to do Excel or a spreadsheet, you need to learn if you're going to be in business. Now you can do it with you know QuickBooks or something like that. It'll do a lot of this for you. But Microsoft Excel 
is almost on everybody's computer. And if you don't have that, you can get OpenOffice, which is a free shareware version that you can do um, documents and things like that. You could do for free. I would learn how to do some basic computing in an Excel spreadsheet. It will be invaluable to you because you can use it for cost benefits for the rest of your existence. So I would recommend that you get get into Excel or something along those lines and and start plugging in all of your costs into a spreadsheet and and go from there and you're going to find out quickly how much money you really need to bring in for you would even break even and it's a pretty high number it's a pretty high number just is and and it because your economies of scale the walmart theory right the walmart theory if i sell a billion bottles of dish detergent i can sell it for super cheap well you're one <laughs> you're selling one I mean, it's got to be expensive and the problem is is that you probably aren't going to command top dollar right start out starting out so the cpa tax attorney those are going to be the main things that i would start looking at what are my costs and then i'm going to add all this stuff up and how much does it cost to hire an attorney and keep them you know how much do you expect that you're going to need to use them every year you're going to plug in a number and you won't know but you put in a number you have a placeholder for it and then after year one, you put in that number for year two, and you just assume that's what it is. And then in year two, you add you know you, you add that to year three's budget, and and you you'll get more educated as you go on. And there's always a bunch of unknowns that you're not going to know. And so you kind of have to have a contingency plan. So put a contingency number in there of you know ten percent or something like that. If, in case everything explodes, here's my contingency plan. Equipment, otoscopes, ophthalmoscopes, um, all that stuff, right? And that's just the numbers. That's just the inputs. So I'm not trying to scare you away from it. But what here? And I'm going to do a side shoot right now because this I think is an important point. For the number of people that are asking to start their own business, you're going to see a number of people, and you're starting to see them already. I've seen three or four of them out there where they say, "I'm doing a seminar on how I set my company up." Well, you just started your company six months ago. And that may be good information of like how to kind of start, but if you are relying on somebody that's only been in business for six months to tell you how to be successful in starting a business, they're full of shit. <laughs> Give them three years. It takes three years to tell viability of a company. Three years. If you're not making a profit by year three, chances are you're not going to make it. And, and the statistics are really, really high for the number of companies that fail. It's like one out of ten will make it new companies starting out and nobody wants to tell you that so the hype that's around this right now is directly related to the lack of jobs out there people are getting done with school and they're like I don't know I can't find a decent job I'm gonna just open up my own practice well that, that may be very successful you, you may be perfectly suited for that in your community right time right place right everything right personality for it might be perfect but nine out of ten of them are gonna probably fail doing it and they'll be taking a job for 80 grand a year working as an RN because they can't find an APRN job and now they're going to have crushing crushing expenses that they they mortgage their house for to get you know a new building so that they can have their own office so be smart about it realize what you're what you're what you're doing before you do it now my philosophy is have a side job at all times I sell plants on the internet that's one of my little side jobs I help people for legal work around town, just on the side. I, I, I have multiple streams of income, and that's a great plan. 
because if something ever happens to one of them, guess what? I can always ramp up one of the other ones and, and make enough to pay my taxes and, and feed the family if I needed to. That's a, That's smart. Now, that being said, if you're starting your own practice, you got to be invested 150% into that. You can't just willy-nilly do it on the side like I do selling plants on the internet. You just can't do that. You got to you got to be able to to be available, you got to be pushing, you got to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning, planning your day, figuring out all the administrative stuff, getting that stuff done, you're seeing patients when you can throughout the day, and then, you know, I mean, you got to hit the ground running if you want to make that successful. The problem is, is that it's it's unlikely that you're going to be able to support yourself that fast, but it could it could happen in your community. So that leads to the to the next thing here, and and, and I, I don't mean to bash on those people that are out there doing these seminars. I really didn't mean to do that, but but I just I see this all the time, and I've seen it in in um, I'm a plant guy. I love growing plants, and I, I do a lot of gardening and things like that. And so you see like a new thing come up, and then and then in an industry, and then you see a billion people that are doing seminars on it, and you look at their track record and said, oh, well, I, I grew them for one year, and I you know I'm an expert at this, and I was like, you're not an expert at this. Your information may be valuable, but you pulled it from somewhere else and you're just barfing it up again. Show me success stories and how you did that success, and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> That's So be leery of, of seminars. Be leery of people taking your money to give you hype uh, and tell you how easy it can be because guess what? Starting your own company is probably one of the hardest things you're going to ever have to do, but it can be very rewarding too. And I'm an entrepreneur. I believe in starting your own businesses. I, I'm a huge fan. Go do it. Go get it done. But be prepared to be working 18 hours a day. It's going to be harder doing that for less money for a long time until you get your feet under, underneath you. Because you got to deal with all the day-to-day stuff on top of seeing patients. And, and guess what? You're going to need to see a lot of patients because you're going to probably have to be cheaper than the other guys. Okay. All right. So what else do you have to do with this? What What would I do if I'm, I'm, I'm okay? I talked to my accountant. I've uh, and I know I'm missing stuff and I'm jumping around. But it, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to rattle things off of like if I was going to do this, how would I organize it? I'd talk to my accountant. I would get my spreadsheet. I would get all my costs set up. Figure out what it's going to be to the best of my ability to figure this out. I would talk to other professionals. I'd be going to Ohio OAAPN meetings, talking to other professionals that have their own practices in other parts of the state so they're not threatened by you and your community. You don't want to go to the neighbor and say, hey, how'd you set up your practice? I'm going to do it right next door to you. They're going to not tell you the right thing or they're going to ignore you and be a jerk to you. So why would you waste your time? And you don't want to, you want surprise on that one. You know, you got to be strategic a little bit. You don't want, you don't want things out in the community to kill your business before it even starts. <clears throat> so talk to other people, how they did it in, in their communities. How do they get clients? That's a big one. We can talk about that too. Um, and, and all the information of what you need to put in your spreadsheet so that you've got the best cost available. And, and then you're going to look at it and say, okay, well, I, if I want to take home food to eat and um, bring in some money to put in a bank account for Christmas presents and you know some vacation money and things like that, you got to add in what you want or need personally out of the company for you to live the way you want to live, and add that as a cost. And then and then you add your contingency on top of that, and then you're all your taxes and other stuff. And and guess what? There's your grand total that you need to make bringing it in. Then you got to decide how am I going to bring the money in. What's my income? How am I getting the clients? What what kind of clients am I going with? If you are in an area that's primarily Medicare and Medicaid, 
you're going to see a lot of patients. You just are. Unless you're doing like Medicare wellness or you find some kind of niche thing or something like that that pays pretty well and there's a lot of it in your community. But if you're in a Medicare, Medicaid type community, you're probably not going to be doing a cash only business. A lot of people want to do cash only because they don't want to do uh, credentialing with all these insurance companies. That's a pain in the butt. And that's another item of thing that you got to put down is what do I have to do to get all these credentialing things? And I've seen people on some of the forums say, uh, you know, asking who they used for credentialing. And there are companies out there that will do it for you. But all the responses I saw were negative. So I don't know if I would do it. I would probably just do my own credentialing. So what does it take to do credentialing? It's basically you get information from each insurance provider in the area that you, that you are. And um, and you contact them and say, hey, I'm looking, you know, I'm a new provider in the area. I want to be credentialed with your services. And how do I do it? And they'll send you information. They'll send you a packet of things and a checklist. And it's basically like getting a license. You know, it's a whole bunch of stuff. You got to send your transcripts and your certifications and all this and that and the other thing. And we talked a little bit about the CAQH uh, in one of the first episodes. And that is one of the processes in Ohio is that you fill out the CAQH and then you send that and then they have additional information that they want from there. So a lot of it can be done fairly quickly, um, but it's a lot of management. You got to be on top of it. You got to make sure you get everything in. You got to get your checking account set up and send them, you know, a, a canceled check just like a direct deposit would be for when you start your when you start working somewhere and they do direct deposit. Same thing. It's almost the same thing. It's just a process. And I don't think it's very difficult, but it's still a process. And if there's 30 of them in the area that you're, that you're going to take, that's 30 different contracts that you're going to have to have. A lot of work. A lot of work. And, this, and you have to be fairly well established as an, as an organization. So you're already committed by the time you start doing that process. See what I'm saying? So you've you got to have a lot of legwork already done. That's that's uh, that's a huge leap of faith, and not guaranteeing that you're going to get a lot of clients doing that. So, anyways, that that gets you that gets you like some more of the workload that's required to get it done. So then you've got your CAQH, you've got your insurance uh, companies, and you're credentialed with. Um, you you know, you negotiated a lease with somebody, or you're working out of your your car, or what, however you're doing that. Um, but you need to make sure that you've got that figured out, and you've got insurance to protect you for it. Um, all your equipment, supplies, and things like that. You got to find a lab that you can maybe work a deal with that you can set that up with. Are you using an EHR? Which yes, you probably will have to because if not, you're not going to get reimbursed well. So you're going to have to buy a, either you buy it or you lease an EHR. The way computer programs work. And it, when I was in engineering, I used to have to sometimes get bids on you know very expensive software packages and and try to manage some of that through our IT departments, but. But I was also often the one that was delegated to. Um, and the way the software programs work is that you typically will buy a service. Uh, you you could either buy the program one time, and then then get a annual service pack where they give you updates as they develop. You know bugs that they find, and you know you get the automatic service updates and things like that. So you'll get service packs to fix the program or you lease the program from them and um, you basically just pay that and you automatically get the updates. 
So you have to look at both of those. So you got to be, you got to start being a, a jack of all trades. You got to start learning about computer programs and which computer systems are going to work best, and uh, network security, and you know all that good stuff. So you also have to worry about: Am I on, you know, out in the middle of nowhere? Do I have internet access? Well, you might want to make sure that you've got some kind of, you know, reliable cable internet or Ethernet, something like that, instead of uh, satellite with a dial-up phone system. Only because if your if your system goes out and you're working at home at 10 o'clock at night trying to catch up on stuff, you don't want to be fighting that and pushing things off. You want to be be able to work when you need to work. So you got to look at that too. So there's another cost. So. There's a ton of stuff to look at, and I'm not going to go too much longer on this, but there's just a lot of, lot of, lot of information of things to get done. But the basic thing is get your company formed, and I talked about that in the LLC corporation thing. You're going to get an EIN number, which is your tax ID number, which is literally, I just did one yesterday for the Cub Scout pack. It, it was like three minutes, and it's done. It's super easy. You do it online. It gives you the number right there. Um, and then you take that piece of paper plus your your uh, state secretary of or secretary of state or whatever they call it in your state uh, information that you get for forming your company and you take that with your EIN number down to the local bank that you want to work with and you say I need a corporate account set up and you get company checks and all that stuff and you get a company debit card with your name and the company name on it all that stuff so now you've got you now you've got a company you've got that then you can start working on okay now I need insurances and now you got to get all that stuff and I got to hire my attorney and I got to so I mean there's a whole bunch of things that you can do um, up front and then once you get all that set up it's really just a matter of keeping records and getting and getting your credentialing done and, then, and making sure you've got your collaborative agreement if you have a collaborative state and that that's getting paid out. Now, one of the costs that's associated with that, and I didn't talk about that one, um, it depends, right? That's a big depends. It depends on the state. It depends on, you know, do you know this collaborative? Uh, is it somebody that you trust? Is it some, you know, I mean, that's a big depends. And it could be a big cost. It could be, you know, 10, 15 grand a year. I've seen 12 grand on one site. I've seen, you know, a thousand bucks a month for another one, or 1,200 bucks a month, or 1,500. But I mean, it's but that's the order of magnitude you're looking at. So you need to plug in 15 to 20 thousand dollars right off the top going to a dock in a collaborative state for no other reason than the state says that we need it, and they're supposed to be, you know, overseeing your charts and things like that, checking your work product, whatever, bullshit. So, don't forget your collaborative if you got to get one. That's another line item. What else? You got your company formed. You got your insurances. You've talked to the insurance companies. You're getting your. Um, now let's start with Medicaid and Medicare. You know, or wh whoever you think is the biggest employer in town. So, like, here's an example. Where I live, there's. Um, in Canton, Ohio, there's like Timken, right? Timken Steel. They do ball bearings and stuff. It's a huge, huge company. Find out who they use. If that's if you live in that community, find out who that company uses. Do they use you know uh, you know Aetna or you know whatever? I don't know whatever they are. Is it United Healthcare, private insurance, whatever the insurance plan is that they use. I would start with those. Find out which which is the most popular in your area. Is, do you live in a really older generation? I'd be doing Medicare. <laughs> so I mean, you can if you're in an impoverished area, you're going to be Medicaid, right? So there's a lot to do there. There's a lot to figure that out. Um, 
I, but I, I, I don't know. What else? What else can we think about? What am I missing, guys? Tell me what I'm missing. If you've done this before, you've worked on it, tell me. Because this is just me thinking off the top of my head. And I guarantee that when you start going down the process, the plan that you originally had, it'll be kind of like that, but it's probably going to change. And you got to be willing to adapt to it. And, and that's the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is if, if something's not working, you need to know when to stop, turn, and switch. And I talked about that in my intro. You got to be willing to say, you know what, I've invested a crap ton of time in this and there ain't nowhere to go with it. I'm done. I'm done with these insurances. There's no one here that uses them. I'm not wasting another minute negotiating a, 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 uh, uh, an agreement with that insurance company to be one of their providers. Not going to do it. Done. Skip it. Moving on. No one's here. So the, for the 2% of people in this community that have that insurance, I won't take it. They can pay cash or, or go somewhere else. Not to be mean, but you gotta, you know, you gotta look at the hard numbers and say, this does this make sense or does this not make sense? Um, so what else? Finding clients. Let's talk about that. Finding clients, and this is one that I'm, I'm not, you know, a huge experience on this. And this is where when people say, oh yeah, I've been doing this for six months, and it's like, okay, you're selling and making more money selling a seminar on how to start a business than you are doing the business that you said you started, right? I mean, think about who's who you're going to see and spending, you know, 50, 80, 100 bucks on, you know, telling you how to set all this stuff up. They may have good information. I'm not saying they don't, but get somebody with track record. And so me telling you to find, how to find clients is probably not the smartest choice. If you take my my advice is 100%, yeah, this is the way to go. Oof, that's not great, right? So I'm hesitant to even say, but what I would do <clears throat> if I wanted to find clients Word of mouth is huge. That's that's the best marketer. You get if you get ten fans out there that love you, love you, love you. They're going to tell every family member and every friend that they know how much they love you. So you need to treat every person you meet as though they are the client and they're right. That personality of you know I can't be mean to anybody. I can't be mouthy with people. I can joke around with people, but you have you're always selling yourself. You gotta always be on, always in the community, always. What are some of the things I would do? I would probably start promoting my practice um, by doing uh, free education services for you know churches and things like that. I'd probably go into churches and start saying, okay, well, hypertension, what is it? How do you manage it? What are some of your conditions? Doing some free screenings for people in the church. And do that with a bunch of churches. You could do it on an evening. It's not a big deal. They have, you know, find out what night they're doing their Bible study and say, you know what? I'll take, you know, in half an hour after you're done, I'll check all your blood pressures. And if you don't have a family physician or a family practitioner, consider coming to see me. Or tell your kids or your grandkids, go see this person if you don't have somebody. And and a lot of people go to the same practitioner not because they like them, it's because they just don't have other options. So if you're another option and the, you know it's not overly saturated in your market, that might be a great way to do it. What else would I do? Um, Chamber of Commerce, I've seen a lot of people use Chamber of Commerce, but uh, the, the philosophy that I've had, and I've never gone to a chamber of commerce meeting, so I, I just don't know how much benefit there is there, because you're working with other community leaders and com- business owners. It's not individuals. It's other people trying to sell their crap. So it's like, okay, so Joe Blow, you know, homeowner and you know, auto insurance guy, you know, Jake from State Farms there. Great, nice to meet you, Jake. 
yeah, I got insurance. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you know, so and and he's like, yeah, I got a, I got a nurse practitioner I already go to. I'm good. Thanks. So I don't know how much business you get there. Now, having a better business bureau rating and things like that, some people to hold that in, in you know, as, as a a sign that you are upstanding in the com- community, and that might have some value, but it costs money. So you're probably not going to do that right off the bat. I think just volunteering, going to the schools um, and ask the superintendent or the, the principals about um, maybe doing some, uh, for older kids, maybe doing um, um, drug abuse discussions or um, um, health maintenance things, immunizations for PTO, uh, going and talking to the PTO about, hey, make sure you're getting your kids immunized and here's why and here's why it's important. and. You know, talking to the community. So it just depends on what the community sizes, shape is, and demographics are of where you're going to go. But I would be doing that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't expect anything for it other than just give me a chance to let people know who I am. I'm not going to say, and, and I would ask at the end, hey, and if you, if you don't have a provider, come look me up. I'm taking new patients. I'm in this community. I live in this community. I, that, that means a lot. So that's kind of what I would do as far as, as, getting my name out there but it just depends on your community it's my favorite answer right it depends so i think i beat up on this one enough it's kind of fun though it's a good mental exercise and 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 if i re-recorded this thing i probably would say it totally different too so i mean it's it just depends but the, the main points are go talk to your cpa get a good list of all of your costs of what you can even reasonably expect it to be and then what you think you want to make out of this deal and then get your number and see if you can squeeze that. And then, and then on the other side, figure out how many patients you're going to need to see to make it worth your while. And is it even possible to make it worth your while? Now, you may be in a position where you don't even have the opportunity at all to get a job anywhere, and this might be your only opportunity. So your, your income may be going down. But there are benefits to owning your company, and I've talked a little bit about that before. You get to write a lot of crap off, but it's got to be legit. You can't just write off everything. I mean, you can write off a lot of miles, and that, that drops your taxable income down as well. And depending on your tax structure, that could, that could be a good benefit to you. So if you guys have specific questions on, you know, you're in the process or you're at a certain step and you don't know what to do, you don't know how to handle it, I will talk in hypotheticals. I will talk offline or I can I can bring it up on the show and go from there. But I don't want to, you know, I'm not consulting. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, you step one, here, here, go do this. And then you come back and you say, what's step two? And then I do step two. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm trying to give general information to help give you give you enough knowledge to go find the answers yourself. And then finding the answers yourself and then being intelligent when you talk to the professionals that are helping you get things set up. So that way you're not wasting money because time is money in those businesses. So that's what my goal is. But if you guys have done it and you're like, man, I just don't know what to do on this step or I don't, I don't understand this, send me a message. Email me, jeff at the mpdude.com. You can also get me on Facebook. You can send me a message through Facebook. You can also message me personally. Um, you like and share the page. You guys are doing great with that. And uh, don't forget, you can get me on iTunes and tell your friends. Tell your friends about iTunes. Say hey, if you're going on a long trip and you're you know don't want to you know completely be bored. Maybe this guy's entertaining sometimes. Um, to have a listen, take a listen on iTunes. See what you think. So thanks again for listening, guys. I'm really, really proud of you guys for spreading the word like you have. Uh, keep doing it, though. We're going to hit 1,000. In three months, I, I, I bet we'll hit 1,000. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Today's what? Uh, it's end of March. 
Um, I'm going to say by you know July 1st, we're going to have a thousand people listening to the show. So let's do it. Let's make it happen. Keep spreading the word. Thanks, guys. Talk soon.